Oh, hi, everybody, and welcome to the Hypnotic Comic with Jenna Grayson. Do you want to feel deeply connected yet lifted up into the heights of laughter? You found that place where comedy meets the full expansion of life's possibilities. Now, for your hypnotically comical host, Jenna Grayson! Yay! <laughs> Welcome, everybody. This is the Hypnotic Comic Live Show, coming to you live and in person from Southern California. I am Jenna Grayson, your host. How you doing, everybody? How is this beautiful Monday treating you so far? So, a little intro here, both to myself and then my guest, amazing guest we have today. So, I am Jenna Grayson. I am a hypnotherapist in the Southern California, Los Angeles area, and I offer one-on-one sessions and group meditation classes, and I help you to overcome fears, anxiety, phobias, you name it, we do it. I am also a stand-up comedian, which is proof in the pudding that this stuff works. And my next stand-up comedy show is going to be at the Comedy Store September 28th at 7 o'clock, a Friday night. Come out and join us for some really good, heartfelt laughter. It's some of the best medicine I've found on the planet. Uh, And you may know of the Comedy Store. We're such comics as David Letterman, Jerry Seinfeld, Robin Williams got their start, and Dave Chappelle was recently there on the same stage as me. So um, we're going to keep this so both deep and light. We're going to go into the depths of our life experiences and uh, have some really great laughter. Our amazing and super special guest today is James Murray. Yeah, that's when the 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 laughter and applause comes in. James is an award-winning actor, voiceover artist, puppeteer, writer, producer, director, and singer. Uh, He has been in the children's entertainment arena for over twenty-five years, and uh, these numerous talents have been utilized by such organizations that you may have heard of before as MTV, ABC, CNN, Fox Kids, Playhouse Disney, Google, Hallmark, Microsoft, Nickelodeon, MCA Universal, what else do you want? How about some Paramount Productions, Warner Brothers, Jim Henson Company? He's worked directly with Jim Henson himself. That's right. And was recently in London with the Muppets, even though Jim Henson was only there in spirit this time. He's also worked with Spike Jones, Tim Burton, Francis Ford Coppola. What up, my brother James? Welcome to the show. James Murray, everybody. <laughs> so that's that, was my attempt at, that was my attempt at applause, but really it's just my asthma is kicking in. <laughs> having a little trouble breathing. I thought so. I was like, James. You need a respirator. <laughs> I need a respirator. Uh, thank you, you Jenna, for that respirator. lovely intro. I need a respirator. You're welcome. You're welcome. I looked you up, and I found you've been doing some really fabulous things, and so I was like, we got to talk to James Murray, because this guy is uh, an incredible human being. So um, thank oh, you so well, much for you. being with Marvel Tough. <laughs> thank you so much for being with us. I thought you were going to say Marvel sure. Tough, so I said it for you. <laughs> That's okay, you should say Mazel Tov, because oddly enough, um, I'm doing the show coming up. I'm going to do a little plug. It's called A Night in the Catskills, a Borscht Belt variety show. It's at the El Porto <laughs> Theater in uh, I like it. Uh, North Hollywood. Yeah, and my um, good friend and uh, puppet partner on so many projects, uh, Kevin Carlson, we're doing a uh, puppet act uh, called no. y- Yiddish for Dummies. <laughs> oh, I so, love it. So if you want to know the meaning behind Spilkus and Meshugana and other fabulous Yiddish words, come to the show. I would really love to. You know, personally, on a personal note, I grew up with those kinds of words in my in my family, and I'm not even sure I say them right, but uh, I love the concept of that. So that's a little Jewish humor, which is right up my alley, and I uh, appreciate, uh, I'm sure you're hilarious hilarious as you usually are and uh 
You've also done a well, lot it has of even, it has even more meaning since all my brothers yeah. recently did the DNA 123, and I discovered that I'm part Jewish. So Are you? God, lucky you. Now you're chosen, too. I'm 15% Ashkenazi. Come on. <laughs> you're like 15% chosen. What about the, the other 85 of you? What does God think about that, huh? Um, I don't know. He's drawing a blank. <laughs> <laughs> He's drawing a blank. God is like, we're going to consider it. We're going to think about it, yeah. and we'll get back to you. Maybe we'll give we'll you DNA you. one, two, three. Next century, we'll have yes. some uh, new results. For when you, we honey. come up with DNA four, five, three, six. Four, five. Four, five, six. Four. <laughs> and we'll have a better understanding of what the rest of you is from. That's right. So, but you also found out you're British, right? You've got some British stuff going on in your uh, loins. And, I got a little uh, bit of the Brit, yeah. A little bit of the Brit. And, you, and you're recently in London as well with the Muppets. Did they know that you were British or... Was that a coincidence? No, I, well, I didn't know when I was there that I was part uh, British. Wow, it was like foreshadowing into the good that's awaiting, awaiting you. Yeah, well, it was my first time in London, and uh, to be there with the Muppets was such an extraordinary experience. Um, nice. Everybody really bonded, you know, with the, uh, with the jet lag and rehearsals and... Uh, it was great. Kermit actually, because my mother's birthday was happening while I was there, so Kermit did a little video wishing my mother a personal happy birthday. How great is that? <laughs> oh my god, that is amazing! I've yeah, been, unfortunately, I couldn't remember if my mother was eighty-eight or eighty-nine. So, oh, uh, that happens. Yeah, that happens when you're over the age of thirty-nine. I think sometimes it happens. I'm sorry. Who are you? Yeah, no, that's okay. Well, just I'll just keep asking you questions. You just stay right where you are. Okay. All right. So you're in London with the Muppets, and uh, did you start to pick up a British accent? Did Did Kermit or Miss Piggy start to pick up a British accent while you guys were there? No, well, I did. Um, did you? It was quite quite fascinating. Yes, actually, one evening. Oh, fascinating. I was, I was supposed to uh, go with some friends to go see a show called The Play That Goes Wrong. And uh-huh. I got lost. I couldn't find it. So I was Is very that a joke? sad. Oh, that, no, was that's that actually the name of the play. And I sat down <laughs> at a pub outside the Harry Potter uh, experience. And I just and some people from Scotland joined me. Nice. And What's we just talked the whole night. Sorry. What's the Harry Potter experience? What are you talking about? I think it's a live theater show in London. Oh, wow. It's a real thing. It's a real thing, yeah. It's two parts. It's like six hours long. Okay. And it's it's supposed to be quite amazing from what everyone says. Uh Uh-huh. But I didn't go see it. I sat out front. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Drinking uh, London IPA with some people from Scotland. I like the sound of that. That sounds like fun. And how, how did you get connected with all of this? I mean, I can't really start you with the Muppets. I mean, I want to ask you, like, how did you get into working with the Muppets? But how did you get into puppetry and all these other pieces that you're doing, the acting and the voiceover and the singing and well, dancing? And, you know, when I came to California, I had all kinds of different odd jobs. I did singing telegrams. I did birthday parties and was working with a, a theater group in Burbank and we created a puppet show for the theater called um, the Timmy the Tooth Variety Show, which was okay. co-created with my friend Kevin Carlson and I. And it really took off. And then we developed it into a show that we took around town and we're pitching it to all the studios. And Universal bought it. Wow. And it became, well, the, Adventures of Timmy the, it became the Adventures of Timmy the Tooth. Aww. which was a, about a tooth who lived in Flossmoor Valley with his dog, Brush Brush. And <laughs> it went on little adventures, you know, trying to evade the cavity goon and the gingivitis gang. 
<laughs> and that just led to other puppetry work and working with Jim Henson and other Muppet projects. And I, I never really thought I was going to be a puppeteer. Um, I always wanted to be an actor and singer. Mm-hmm. But uh, my friend Kevin Carlson turned me on to puppets, and for the past 30 years or so, I've been I've made a living as a primarily a puppeteer. Cool. And you like it? How do you How are you liking it? I I love being a puppeteer. It's just bringing these characters to life and uh, improvising and all the fun stuff that happens between takes and off camera make it very worthwhile and satisfying. And I got to say, puppeteers are some of the coolest, nicest, authentic, genuine people uh, that I've met. And that's, that's so cool. Yeah, I imagine it would be amazing to just like meet the people behind the behind the Muppets, people the people behind the behind the Muppets. You know, like I imagine, like I, I want to know, like what is Miss Piggy really like off camera? You know, <laughs> she's a dude. Um. <laughs> she is not portrayed by a woman. Um, no wonder she's such a crazy bitch. Yeah, but it was always Sorry, like that uh, with, with the Muppets. A lot of the, the male performers did female roles. And, oh, jeez. Um, the underemployed they're women. All, they're all so nice and extremely talented performers. That's amazing. That's very cool. And when I first met you, it was many years ago, um, and I met you because of your puppetry. And uh, we were... If you remember, we were in a big, fancy castle kind of house in the Hollywood Hills, and you had your your very well-known and my favorite puppet of all times. It's just Puppet G. And uh, Puppet G is like a guru kind of, of a character. I'm going to explain him a little bit for the listeners, even though I'm talking directly to you, James, but um, also talking to the listeners. And I want to say, like, okay, so James does this puppet called Puppet G, and he's the only one who works on as far as I know, so that's a good introduction. Um, and he's, like, this Indian guru that's an old man with a really long white beard, and you can see lots of different videos of Puppet G uh, on YouTube and um, other places online, and he's pretty hilarious because he... He manages to blend a couple of my favorite subjects, which is like ancient wisdom, <clears throat> Eastern wisdom, and ancient, you know, life wisdom with ridiculous humor. So, um, can I ask you, James, how did Puppet come to be? And, like, what is your, what's your relationship with Puppet Well, let's answer your first question. Puppet came to light when. I was introduced to a book called I Am That. Uh-huh. And uh, it was uh, talks with... Is that Sri... No, it was Sri Nisargadatta Maharaj. Fancy. And who's very well known. And to people who know him. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I was just reading this book and I became very inspired. And, and I was aware of other teachers out there. Uh, you know, Gangaji and Gawankaji and the, the J-I, the G, is was a, a, a sign of respect and wisdom. Right. And it just came to me, Puppetji. And I had always wanted to do my own character, and so that's how, that's how it began. And I built my first puppet, who has since been rebuilt by, you know, some of the Henson puppet builders for me. Uh, wow. Just to kind of upgrade, upgrade him. Fancy again. And and I was just really inspired by the true wisdom of these satsangs or spiritual talks. And and I it wasn't to make fun of people uh, from India. It was never my intention. It was really to take spirituality and kind of turn it on its head. And I felt like yeah. you know folks can take spirituality so seriously. And you end up alienating other people, right? Mm-hmm, Still creating right. separation, and right. so I just kind of wanted to point to that and make make fun and make light of that, while still speaking some truth, as you were talking about. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that, you know, has been part of my journey as well. You know, I think, you know, James, that um, I've been to India a few times and I have my own spiritual guru and it's all very serious. And at the same time, it's not at all, you know, and I do stand up comedy now and I'm finding that really, you know, as you're speaking about now, it's like humor is that place that unifies people where people don't feel like, oh, you know, I, I have to belong to a certain group in order to, to belong. You know, I, I have to identify with a certain religion or, you know, some other kind of like self-identifier to say, I belong with the group, I belong on the planet, I belong and connect to spirituality or something higher than my sense of myself. And so um, I guess I'm wanting to say you're like, I really appreciate that place where you found that humor reminds people to stay connected. And there can be really that like that fine line of making fun of something or making fun of people and just making fun of life. Um, you know, there's um, this idea of there being three levels of humor. Are you familiar with the, the teacher Osho? I'm sure you're familiar with Osho. Yeah, Osho, yes. Yeah, Osho talks about how there's three different levels or, yeah, levels of comedy. And I, I've learned so much from this idea that there's like the lowest level of comedy is making fun of people, which I hear you're saying, like, I'm not doing that. You're not. And I've never experienced that that's the case, that you're making fun of people or making fun of a religion or a belief system, but just making fun of wait, I'm going to pause on that note and go into the second level that Osho shares, which is making fun of yourself. So he says, making fun of yourself is a little bit better than making fun of other people. Um, but it's not the highest expression of comedy. And the highest expression of comedy, as Osho says, is this this realm that um, I've experienced and seen and heard you where you step into and I'm seeking to do with my comedy as well, which is just to make fun of the nature of life, making fun of the experience of life, making fun of the play of life and that's like a real enlightened state to be able to access the 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 humor of all of it all of it all of it all of it and that's like a lot of what i'm seeking to do in this show too is just to bring levity into the depths of the you know fullness of all that we're experiencing and i actually you know got into myself got into stand-up comedy in a really like dark and difficult time in my life and it's brought such um, such a new perspective to the challenges I've been facing. So I really appreciate that about puppetry, and I just you know have always felt like there's this real level of genius that's expressing through you, expressing through puppetry, and he's a real he's a real tool, you know, of, uh, not not in the negative sense. Puppetry yeah. is a real tool. No, I, no, I, no, I understand what you mean, and you know, and. Yeah. And in all my, you know, my experience as a as an entertainer and writing for kids shows and performing on children's shows and family shows, um, you know, and and I'm you may know this, uh, you know, humor is one of the most healing things. On the totally, planet, right? absolutely, yeah. And also, you know, <clears throat> some people are utilizing humor as a, within their teaching um, to children and things. Uh, mm-hmm. Because if you can laugh, you actually retain, you remember more through laughter. That's right. As opposed to That's somebody's right. coming down on you with the dark hammer to remember this. If you laugh That's about right. it, That's people right. remember. That's right. And that's, but that's true. There's actually some scientific studies that say that we learn best when we're having fun. I think that goes right along with that, with that what you're saying there. Right. And... You know, and a lot of people would call that uh, edutainment, right, where you're educating through, uh, while you're entertaining. And while okay. I was doing puppetry, I called it enlightenment, right? So you're in, bringing a little enlightenment with entertainment. And I people like can it. laugh at themselves and, you know, the way in which the world goes round and go, oh, right, yeah, I do that. And, and I want to be a better human. Right. I want to be a better person. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I want to ask you um, if at some point during our conversation today, if we can all meet Puppet Jeeve and if just through the sound of his voice and, you know, we'll be able to see him, but is that possible that we could talk with Puppet Jeeve today? 
It is possible. You know, I also want to share something with you uh, with regards to Puppet Chi because I've recently retired the oh. character, even though, what? you know, Puppet Chi has a book out that you can Damn. still get on Amazon. It's called Words of Wisdom. And one of the reasons I, I, I felt compelled to do that is, you know, I am a, I'm a white guy doing an Indian accent through a puppet. And the way the world has become, uh, it can be offensive, you know, particularly if you look what happened with the whole uh, Abu and, um, and the Simpsons, right? Um, no, what happened know, the, with Abu? The, the temperament of society has changed in a way in which, you know, with Abu, uh, I, I can't recall the actor's name, um, it was a... Caucasian man with an Indian different. accent, and he was making fun of this accent, you know, which yeah. has never been my take on it. Um, but there's been a documentary about it. A lot of people are upset about it. And then I just felt like, you know, I, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to fight that. <clears throat> I see. So now I think Puppet is going to be Jewish. Because yeah, now that I'm Jewish, wisdom. He's gonna bring a little bit of the uh, Old Testament back to life. I'll have to change his name to Shmupaji. <laughs> um, <laughs> Shmupit. We'll have to change all the branding. Um, yeah, but yes, we can. We we can definitely play with that and try that on. All right, the Jews are. Uh, much, uh, we don't get offended that easily. We like to laugh at ourselves. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if people would be offended by that too, but I think it's important that we all can, we all can learn to laugh at ourselves, but it's tough, you know, because I do hear that place where it's like when it's one, you know, white guy making fun of Indian people, it's different than like, you know, someone like Russell Peters, who's, um, an Indian Canadian dude who's making fun of Indians and making fun of everybody, you know, where Ex he exactly, exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, even though, you know, when I was, you know, I used to tour with Puppet G and I do live events and workshops and, uh, you know, I was invited to go to, to, uh, Holland at a convention, spiritual convention and lots of people from India. <coughs> um, and when they discovered that I was Puppet G, they were like, no way. Where did you study? How did you learn to talk like that? There was such respect for what I was okay. bringing to it. I just feel like yeah. the, the temperament of the world has changed since then. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I just didn't want to, I, I didn't want to be that guy. I didn't want to fight All it. All right. Whatever. I know. That's my attitude. But it's, That's it's, my attitude but it's about, so interesting. It. That, but but. It, but it's like nobody has a problem if I'm doing Mel Brooks, you know? Is that true? Yeah. Well, I think what you, you said, you know, people can do Yiddish and Jewish accents and nobody has, nobody has an issue with it. Um, yeah. It's, it's just a fascinating time in our culture. And I'm, I I'm think just it's, being, it's, it's, I just want to be aware and, uh, yeah. of, of that in my life. Sure. And it is better if you're part of the group that you're making fun of, because then you rise up into Osho's second level of humor, which is to make fun of yourself rather than to make fun of other people. Right. It's a little better. But I know that you're also not making fun of people, so I don't want to, like, confuse that kind of statement or make no. any kind of, like, vague... I've never felt that you make making fun of Indian people. As I said, you know, I've been to India three times, and I have a tremendous amount of respect for Indian people, Indian culture, Indian ways of living and believing, and I have an Indian spiritual master teacher in my life. And so that that culture, I think, is really tremendous. And, again, there's still room for there to be laughter and making fun of it all and, like, making it more accessible to people who don't want to have to change, you know, what they believe in in order to be open to something broader than what they've been taught. And I just feel like that's what puppetry introduces the opportunity to, is just to be like, you know, let's look at this, this, uh, this great wisdom that's been around for thousands and thousands of years that's benefited so many people, but not make it 
have a name like Hinduism or something that, that feels like other, you know, but rather to be like, we all laugh, we all want to be entertained, so let's talk about it. I, I completely agree. And yeah. at the same time, you know, the world is, 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 is quickly changing. Um, yeah. You know, you it, can be called out is. so quickly and shunned by the, <laughs> shunned by humanity. If you say yeah. the wrong thing, or you're, or you're, you know, even perceived as being, um, uh, making fun of, so. Yeah, I get that. I get that. So, um, you know, this kind of I think bridges nicely into a topic that I think is um, really relevant and also like of interest in terms of like doing comedy and being in the world of entertainment and living in Los Angeles and sharing your gifts and your art um, with the public, which is really that place that's one of also one of my passions, which is that that place of overcoming fears, you know, and it's something that um, that I help other people with professionally as a hypnotherapist. And I know that you've had to overcome a lot on your on your end in a personal way in order to get to where you are now as this successful puppeteer and working in Los Angeles, working with the Muppets and lots of other really well known um, producers and directors. And so, can you can you talk about that? Because I feel like you know it's, maybe it's a big jump, but we're you know I think there can be sort of that gray area between not wanting to upset the planet, but also not wanting to be afraid of upsetting the planet or, you know, pissing someone off or someone not liking you or thinking that you're a jerk or, you know, how, how have you worked in in that yourself? It's kind of a broad question, but yeah, if you can, you know, speak on, on overcoming your own fears and clarifying what is a legitimate fear and what is one to be worked through. Well, um, you know, I, I, I did a, a comedy workshop that you actually recommended uh, oh, many months sweet. ago, and um, and <clears throat> went out and did stand-up comedy and was totally afraid and worked through that. Even though when I was in my twenties, I was at all the comedy stores and running around doing all kinds of stuff and was virtually fearless. It felt like and. Now it feels it's it's certainly in my field these days, um, mm-hmm. you know, stretching myself within my wheelhouse, uh, but you know, trying new things, and and one of them, uh, there's a local production here in Monrovia where they're doing a Christmas Carol, and I'm just auditioning, but the process I went through around I can't do this, I'm not good enough. I haven't done theater oh, yeah. in, you know, 30 years. Yeah. Um, I can't memorize stuff. Oh, my God, I'm that terrible memorizer. I'm going to forget. You know, the actor's yeah. nightmare when you're on stage and it's your turn and you just can't remember the lines. And right. uh, working through that. And and I also have a, a daughter who's she's going to be nine at uh, the end of the week. And... Mm-hmm. You know, the the example I want to always present to her is, you know, yeah, we're going to have, we're going to be afraid and we're going to have our fears and doubts and and we're not going to want to do this thing because it's uncomfortable and maybe it's not fun, um, but we do it. And, you know, and this is a lot of the things that I'm kind of stretching myself with these days. You know, all that, all those old voices are up. Yeah. And so, and, and you know, I, I see your Instagram posts sometimes. Uh, and you post a lot about that, and that's the kind of thing you work with. Right. It's, you know, working through your fear, and if, if you're afraid of it, maybe it's something you should try. And, and it's a big thing that my co-parent with our daughter that we work with our kid with. It's like life is going to be uncomfortable and we can't avoid being uncomfortable and always try to remain comfortable. Right. And then we become, you know, couch potatoes and we don't, Correct. 
you know, spread our wings and, and stretch out, you know? Totally. And so that's a big Absolutely. thing for me right now. Even, even though I'm just, I, look, I haven't even gotten the part. I'm just auditioning, but it's, it's uh, it, you know, it seems to be the actor's thing. Even some of my actor friends have been doing theater for years. Yeah. They're afraid. They doubt. Yeah. I'm too old. I, I don't have the capacity to memorize like I did. And right. you do it, you know? Right. Yeah. And for me, Absolutely. having a daughter in which yeah. that I can kind of model that for her, and she models it for me. She does, mm-hmm. she continues to do things um, that are uncomfortable, that she doesn't necessarily yeah. want to do. But when she's done doing them, she's like, I'm so glad I did that. That's the key. That's really the ticket. That's, that's what I found both in my personal and professional experience with facing your fears. Like, that's the real why. That's the real why. why. Why overcome your fears? You know, I think it's a really important question because the fears can be so compelling and they can seem so rational. And we're really taught in our world, in our culture, to value that which is rational, which is, you know, you can explain it, you can analyze it, you can say A leads to B. You know, you like the rational thought of if you audition, you could forget your lines. If you audition, you could not get the part. And those are really rational thoughts, but they're also scary and they keep us at home on the couch. And I think it's a, a huge piece of our American culture. I've traveled quite a bit in the world and continents and lived in three or four continents. I have to think about that again. But um, So I'm really interested in the effects of culture, and I think you know one of the things that's really true about the American culture is that we're all really trained to value our fears and to look to what's scary to make choices from that place of don't go outside because there could be X, there could be Y, there could be Z, there could be whatever level. Well, and we're, we're, we're fed this culture. You know, I remember growing up as a kid, you know, talking about, it's like, yeah, we're thinking of going to Florida, right? And are going, well, don't go in the water, you know, about the sharks. That's you right. Know? Yeah, That's right. it's like me and my buddies, we want to go downtown. It's like, well, I wouldn't get on the freeway. You know, there's That's accidents. Right. You know, there's this constant. Accidents. Don't go in the air when you're seeing Chris. Yeah, don't do that. Um, I told my dad I was going to Columbia, and my sweet Jewish dad, who's now Catholic, said, you're going to Columbia, you're going to die. That's what my dad said. Okay, that's really, that's really extreme. <laughs> um, <laughs> you could that die. Was, you know, that was in the beginning of his dementia, too. So it was just a thought. It just came the right the F out. It just came the fuck out. But, uh, you know, I think it's important for us that, like, you know, as humans and as, as a parent as you are, as a performer, as, a, you know, a human again, that we're living these lives individually and collectively. And, like, you know, I think it's just so important that we give ourselves reason to look at those thoughts if you go to Florida, you're going to get eaten by a shark. Like, don't go. Like, don't don't go to Florida then. Just don't go. Um, yeah, don't but go. But then there's the other side. Just don't go. But then there's the other side of it that your daughter um, is reflecting to you and that I've also found is, like, on the other side of fear is the great, is some of the greatest life experiences I've ever had is just on the other side of fear. Does someone want to quote right. me on Instagram right now or, like, tweet that shit? Because that was... That was deep. That was that deep. was Some good. Of the greatest life experiences on the on right on the other side of fear, and it's really true though. It's really true. I'm not just saying that, but uh, absolutely. I, I just did a show last night, a comedy show last night um, at the Anchor Bar here in Orange County. Um, it was a pop up comedy show, and uh, invited two of my longest term. I'm not going to say oldest because that that sounds insulting. My longest term girlfriends came to celebrate my birthday, and it's just so scary. <laughs> It's so scary every time to get up and do stand-up comedy. Every time I feel scared. I feel so scared. But I'm also learning through the process of doing it that it's equal parts. The fear is one hand. I'm going to put it in my left hand over here. And on Mm -hmm. the other hand, on the right hand, is the payoff. It's the joy. It's the 
accomplishment. It's the liberation, the empowerment, the like breaking out of a shell you didn't even know that you were carrying around with you every day, every minute of the day that like, you're just like, no, I don't, I don't need that shell anymore. And all of a sudden I have a deeper level, a greater level of joy and freedom and possibility in my life because I faced a fear. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and I, also, I, I think for, I, I think also for me at this point in my life, um, noticing the doubts and the fears, right? And all the great actors have it. All of them have it, and they notice it. Okay. And I remember reading an article about um, uh, George Clooney or something being on set, and just you know, just that internal dialogue of like, ooh. Somebody's going to notice I'm a fraud and I'm going to get fired, right? Yes. Yeah. You know, everybody has it. And we, we notice, and I brought this up to my daughter the other day about, it's like all these thoughts kind of come in, the fear and the doubt and so on and so forth. And if you look to them and give them your full attention it's like a movie on a movie screen, and, and then you become, it becomes like you're in the movie, and you're living it, and it's right. real, right? That's right. I said, That's so right. you could do that. I said, another way is you can notice that, and, and uh-huh, and keep going. Right. In keep the going. other direction. Because uh, right. they're, they're there. Create a new movie scene. Create a new movie scene. That's so much of what you Create a new is. movie. Yeah. It's putting yourself in the movie screen and going, oh, God, I don't want that to happen. How can we create a new movie scene as a new possibility and begin to unhinge your thoughts from your identity? You know, people like have these thoughts like, I'm not good enough. I'm not enough. I'm a fraud. People are going to know. And it's just a thought, but you know, we don't have to be compelled by it and we don't have to be identified by these thoughts that start with I am. It's such a powerful, such a powerful statement, such a powerful phrase. And it's interesting because it's reminding me you were talking about that Puppetee became inspired, not to bring Puppetee out of the closet. I don't know if he's in the closet. <laughs> Where he belongs. Well, he's not in the closet. He's in a suitcase. But yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he can breathe in there. That's all I'm saying. Um, so Puppetee was inspired by a book called I Am That, which is, you know, a, a, a phrase from the Bible. And I think it's just like one of the most powerful phrases that there are. First of all, the I am. And then the mm-hmm. word that, like there's a whole conversation that I think is a whole other, you know, talk show about what I am that means. But, you know, nevertheless, to like go into the movie and just say, okay, I have these thoughts, but I am not that. I'm not these thoughts. I am witnessing the thoughts. That's, you know, another benefit of meditation and things like hypnosis and these guided ways that we can become more conscious of ourselves so we're not run by the thoughts that would have us be so limited and be a couch potato like you're talking about. And, well, and I, you know, you and know. I think that at the root of I am that, and, and there's a movement, and there's a lot of the things that I did with Puppetry was, uh, you know, it was a non-dual way of thinking and being. Yeah. Um, yeah. And which is, I mean, think about the word dual, right? I mean, dual means two, but also dual, when men would go out and dual, right? It's, it's, it's two opposing forces. You're like one against the other. Fight. And non-dual, fight. you're not fighting. It's, That's it's, beautiful. It's a dualistic I never that. where we are one. We're all yeah. working on this together. Non-dual. You know? I'm not going to play games. I'm going to be non-dual. 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 Let's just keep saying it over and over until something else comes out of it. You know, I have think, like a uh, New York accent there. I appreciated that. Non-dual. It's so, like yeah, fangul. That's fear, what it was. That's what I heard. It was like your Italian New Yorker was like fangul. I think that's actually the. Uh, oh, you thought that's non-dual. what I said. No, it just sounded. <laughs> <laughs> we have a bad connection. I think that's uh, Italian, Italian for uh, 
oneness is what that is right there. Bangul. And, you know, for, for me being an entertainer for so long and uh, working with these issues of fear and doubt over the years and and being in this place and at the, the age that I'm at now and still noticing these things when I want to try something new, one of the things... Yeah. Besides being a role model for my daughter and also being inspired by her for her going through that, there's a sense inside me that there is still a song in me that needs to be sung, you know? Absolutely. And and I don't quite know what that is. It might be singing. uh, It might be acting. But it's definitely something that uh, I think is, is, is wants to transcend the fear and the doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It would be amazing if we had a little time to do like a little hypnosis on that right now. We could all, we could all benefit from some of that. Let's actually just take a quick break here. Let's do a little station identification. Um, so... We are currently talking to James Murray. He is a very uh, well-known uh, puppeter, puppeteer. I think that's the way you pronounce that. Um, also an actor, a voiceover artist um, in the industry for 25 years, recently coming back from London with the Muppets. And uh, you are listening to the Hypnotic Comic Live show. And if anybody would like to call in, um, to ask a question or make a comment, hopefully a nice one, not too rude, maybe a little bit rude. If you're from the East Coast, I understand. Our phone number is 888-627-6008. Again, for listeners who want to call in and make a question or comment, um, speak with James or myself. number, again, is 888-627-6008. All right, great. So um, I'm, I'm excited to be talking to you and so appreciate having you here. And I feel like we're like on this precipice of, you know, discovering a new level of our dreams, both, you know, you, James, and myself. And I think so many of us, like we have this opportunity to, to look at, you know, how we've been living, the ways that we've limited ourselves, the ways that we've challenged ourselves, the things we've overcome. And what the world needs from us, you know, or what we need from ourselves, which is to look at, I think, that song that you just brought up a moment ago, that song within us that is yet to be sung, and and maybe that's even more important than what the world needs from us. Because I think it's in that place of, like, of our full expression of ourselves and our dreams where life comes alive, our, our, our individual experience comes to life and we are in such great service because that's the nature of our being that's the nature of our soul is to want to express yeah and 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 i think it really is important you know what you're doing obviously what you are 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 teaching and what you're embodying by going out and 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 doing stand-up comedy and working through your fears and Thank you. You know, and and certainly pertaining to our discussion earlier around, you know, making fun of, you know, I don't want to do that. And you look at the state of the world where people aren't making fun of people really any so much. They're just really being mean. social media. You know, oh, it's, it's, it's the media, it's the politicians, you know, everybody. And, and then you look at how people are posting and replying and how mean they are. Right. And there's so much of it out there. And how do you a uh, shield yourself from that, protect yourself and my or my daughter? <clears throat> uh, yeah. You know, you want to be an example. You want to be a good human. And how do we do that? You know, look, we all have an idea of how we can change the world. And for some people, it is getting out there physically and doing a lot of different things. And, yeah. you know, that's just has never been in my DNA. You know, for me, it's like, and it's and it's subtle, but I think it's just as important. Is how can I be the pebble in the pond? You know, um, in what you know way? What I mean? Like, well, yeah. you know, when you put a pebble in the pond and it ripples out. 
No, I get the metaphor. I'm just not sure what the power So, yeah, so for me to work through my fears and, 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 uh, yeah, do stand-up comedy. Uh, yeah, audition for the, for the play. Do the play. Um, work through my fears. That also, I think, has, has an effect on, uh, people around us. And, Absolutely. And, you know, and the, and it just, and it ripples out from there. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm going to, it's, it's yeah. a little bit off topic, but it's, 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 it's something that I've always recognized that, that to me is, 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 is a huge thing. Um, it was like years ago <laughs> um, when this man went in and he, I killed in this, in this church of these Amish people, right? Yeah. And and the world was in an uproar. Of course, obviously, it was a horrible, terrible, very disturbing thing. But yeah. what did the people in the Amish community do? They forgave him. And just that level right there, some people could yeah. say, that's stupid, that's insane, I would never do that. Right. But that little piece of forgiveness to see on such a terrible thing mm-hmm. ripples out. And other people can have forgiveness and love in their heart as opposed to hate. Yeah. And, you know, that's the kind of fire I want to start and not a hate fire. I want to start a love, compassion, forgiveness fire and change the world by me being a good person and, and doing something that ripples out into the community and ripples out to my daughter, right? And then she yeah. grows up, and then she shares that, and it ripples out, and so on and so on. So, right. The thing is, I think about our, our, you know, the difference between what you're saying is like choosing forgiveness, which is all over every religion and spiritual belief, and you know, is is well known to bring so much, you know, greater peace and holding on to resentment and fear. Um, at the same time, you know, it really seems like our world is very much built on the dualistic nature, the dual of fighting against if them. someone fights you. What? Mm-hmm. Us against them. Us against them, yeah. If someone fights you, somebody threatens you, somebody threatens to hurt you, um, you know, or th- there is violence happening in a community or violence happening in a country or the threat of violence happening in this country, let's say, that the best response is the us against them, is the fight. Like, we give so much power and credit, appreciation, value to young men who go out to risk their lives. Um, It's a very controversial thing to say, but nevertheless, it's Mm -hmm. really what I have a strong um, conviction about, which is to, you know, send these young, the strongest, young men, uh, you know, of our society to fight the them because they might hurt us. And so we, we call freedom the fight. Freedom comes from, you know, fighting. freedom isn't free. Yeah, yeah peace is, comes from fighting. Freedom comes from killing people. But I, I don't think that's ever true because at the, at the, the you know, most, subtle essence of our life experiences beyond the fighting, beyond the thoughts, beyond the body and its vulnerabilities is the essence of energy, the essence of love, the essence of presence. You call all of that God, whatever you want to call it, divine presence, source. Um, And that space is a unified space that knows no separation, even if your skin is a different hue than mine or you threatened me or there's something in the air that's scary. And I think in that example you're using about the Amish people is like if they can return their hearts to that peaceful place that comes after forgiveness, then they're actually at much less, they're much less of a target. They're much less um, likely to be, you know, quote unquote victimized again because they're not carrying an, an mm-hmm. energy of anger we're much more likely to get into a fight if we're angry than if we're at peace. We're much more likely to be attacked if we have a gun. You're much more likely to be shot if you own a gun than if you don't. But there's just so much, like, right. you know, backwardsness and confusion about all that because the logical mind would have you say, have you think and believe, like, own a gun. 
be afraid. Stay home. Protect yourself. Protect your family. Protect your people. Protect your kind from those other people that are dangerous and different. But, you know, it's, it, there can be a real gray area, and I think for, you know, for a parent especially, there can be so much confusion where, like, love and fear get so blended, and it can be so hard, and I, you know, see that pretty much in every parent, and I don't know if there's a way out of it, but I'm not a parent, and, and in many ways I'm grateful that I don't have to carry that level of responsibility, you know, but it's like, how do you guys do it? How do you know, like, which fears to tell your daughter not to be afraid of that one, but, you know keep that one because that's the bear in the forest and you don't want to get eaten by the bear in the forest. Well, certainly don't go running through the parking lot at the grocery store. You know, people are backing out, right? I mean, um, so it's not about instilling fear in her. It's instilling an awareness, you know. We need to be aware of what's going on around you. Um, So, yeah, I'm, I'm very cautious of trying to use fear to make a point yeah, to my kid. Yeah, motivate her. Yeah. Do yeah. you think there are some fears that she, that she sort of needs to have or should have being in the world? As it is, um, you know? I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there are. <clears throat> but right now, it, it's I just want her to be a kid, you know, enjoy yeah. being a kid, enjoy doing art projects and paper mache and going to karate and going to dance and doing theater, you know, um, yeah. and, you know, that is the bizarre job as a parent is how do you vet what kind of fears or protections you want your kid to know about, you know? Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's just like such a, such a complex, you know, concept, but I, I think there's got to be a simple answer because I feel like, you know, there's that idea that seems to always be true, which is the, the truth is simple, you know, and when we find it, it, it can sound really trite um, if we, if we are distant from it, you know, but then when you're in it and you're like, just be a kid, man, just be a kid, enjoy your childhood. It's very well, simple. look, you know, yeah, just be a kid. But, you know, sometimes at, at, at school, you know, kids are mean, kids tease, kids bully. And yeah. where is that coming from? Because they're hurting. There's something right. going on where they're, they're doing that. And what's your job? Is that to react and to punch them? I mean, I think there's a, a level of, of certainly protecting yourself and not allowing yourself to be hurt, but also having, a, you know, some sort of compassion for this person and this kid at school, you know, like the kid that and makes then, fun of you because you, you dress up like Hermione and everybody thinks you look like Hermione and this kid says, you don't look like Hermione. And they'll go, who said that? It's like, oh, the kid that didn't even wear a costume on costume day. Well, of course. Yeah. You know that's what I mean? Fucker. So fucker. Then that's when you punch him in the face. That's when you punch yes. him in the face, James. You do. But that's really the truth. That. Like that's said, that's been that's, that's when that's your karate comes in. That's when your karate, karate comes in. in. <laughs> <laughs> that's why Daddy took you to karate, baby. It's for the kid yeah. who didn't wear no Somebody costume. says you're not wearing a costume, and you are. Boom! Punch him in the face. So, I thought it was supposed yeah. to be sarcasm, but uh, it didn't go over as well as I thought. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, that's, yeah. I'm going to punch people in the face sometimes, but I, I generally don't because it doesn't get me the outcomes that I want. I'm really into outcomes. I'm just all about the measurable outcomes. Well, that's not true. But nevertheless, yeah, compassion is always the, the right choice and, and seeing a broader picture of somebody's life experience when they're mean to you, when they want to fight you, when they want to make fun of you when they want to sort of present some of those thoughts, you know, that's something that I believe in too, is like the world is always reflecting our thoughts. It's not um, reflecting the truth of us. It's reflecting who we believe ourselves to be, who we think ourselves to be. So I would venture to guess that at some point your daughter probably was like, do I look like Hermione or are people going to make fun of me? Is something going to come out? You know, where we all just like have those reflections and we have to make a decision when they come out in the 3D plane of like, oh God, 
there's that reflection. And, like, I'm still dealing with that in my, uh, let's say, 40s, something more or less. You know, like, I deal with, you know, well-meaning friends and relatives who say things to me that I'm like, you know, that is mean. That's, like, straight-out mean. That's, I don't know if you realize that's mean, but, like, you picking out a part of my personality and, you know, comparing it, comparing it to something really awful... Like, that's not really helpful, but, like, why is that happening to me? And I have to make a decision. Like, you know, I think you would want your daughter to make is, like, do I want to be afraid that that's true? Yeah, I can do that for a while. Or do I want to, like, reality test it against myself and say, is that something that I'm going to choose to believe in? Is that something that I'm going to choose to carry with me as a new reality because this one person who knows me really well has this thought about me, you know? Well, you know, here's the thing, you know, with with my kid, like... If you're being a good human and you're being helpful and you're being a good person and you're being an example of leadership and somebody says something to you, um, you know, that's different than if you're being a jerk and somebody calls you out, you know, that's what you listen to. Yeah, you know, you know, you need to discern whether you're being a good human or you're not being a good human. And if you're not being a good human, and somebody calls you up, you need to listen to that. You that's know, right? You're right. Um, All right, I'm a jerk. I am. I'm a jerk sometimes. You know, I mean. We've all been jerks. And that's okay. That's okay. I mean, the the thing is, like, I also know that. I can love myself and embrace myself in the the places where I still have weaknesses. Like I am not a jerk and I like, I know that that's not the truth of who I am, but like under the right conditions and circumstances where I feel justified in the moment. Yeah, I can be a jerk. I can be a jerk, but I don't want to stand by that and be that forever. It's just like an error. It's like tripping on a curb and falling in the, in the gutter. And like, I don't want to be that, person all the time but sometimes it's like I'm still working on my balance you know I'm still working on finding my center through all the different life experiences and how to defend myself in ways that are new from the ways that my parents modeled them or the media models it or you know the ways that we get sort of hypnotized by society and not to put blame on anybody else or you know, look to anybody else other than myself to be the best person that I can be, but I'm working on it, and I have to accept myself before I can change myself, and that's, you know, a strong belief that I have. So I accept my jerkiness. But I'm not yeah, that and, bad. And, you know, and then... Doing the best I can. Probably one of the reasons why you don't make jerk chicken, because when you look at it, you go, I, I don't want to eat this. I'm a jerk. Yeah. Like f you for making me making you making you have to look at myself. <laughs> making food no, that reminds me. Yeah, it reminds me of myself, and I go and I point my finger, and I'm like, no, you're the jerk chicken. And no, the no, we're like, having jerk chicken. We're having stupid potatoes, and we're having idiot salad. That's what's for dinner. <laughs> and I go, you're the idiot salad, and the salad goes, look at your hands. You got three fingers pointing back at you, while you got one finger pointing at me, and I'm like. I'm the I'm the idiot salad. I I knew it. Yeah, but that one Back finger therapy I go. that's pointing to the guilt wine. Let's let's have a drink. Let's have a drink, and to that we shall toast. All right, we're at the end of our hour together. I appreciate you so much, James. You are such a such an outstanding guy in so many ways, and appreciate the work you're doing in the world, appreciate the work you're doing with your daughter and the humor and levity that you're bringing to life and the depth that you carry within yourself. And um, please continue to do your great works and share your, your great talents. Um, we need All right, them thank you, on, Jenna. On planet. And you're come welcome. to the Night in the Catskills. Come to the Catskills yeah. show. Tell, tell us once more again uh, where, where, when, how we can... It's a night in the Catskills. Uh, September 29th and 30th at the El Portal Theater in North Hollywood. Perfect. Great. And uh, how do they get tickets? Uh, you can you can order them online. Uh, it's probably the best thing to do because these things, they sell out. There's three shows. Okay, um, where, do, where do they go online? Uh, com. I like the sound of that. All right, good. I appreciate that. And that's actually the night after. So if you would like a, a weekend of great entertainment with meaning and 
uh, touching awareness to the fullness of life experience throughout your weekend, not just the, the, the Saturday and Sunday, but on Friday I'm also going to plug myself a little bit here in the, the comedy show store. I'm sorry, the comedy store show on Friday, September 28th at 7 p.m. I'll be doing some stand-up. Come on out. Get your laughs on. You come on out. Go see stand-up and come sit down uh-huh. and see the Catskill show. And remember... Stand-up, sit down, whatever. For some people, an apple a day makes, keeps the doctor away. And for others, it just makes you sick of apples. So... <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that. That's great. All right. Thanks, guys, so much right. for Thanks, tuning Jenna. in. All right. Bye. This Thanks is, for having this me. This is not a comic show. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a great day, everybody.